0: open up the browser on my phone to make that work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've, uh, I, have talked to some developers about the virtual reality and augmented reality. And, uh, a lot of their feeling is, is that the virtual reality is really a lot better quality. Um, and, uh, things like refresh rates are fast enough. So you don't get Virgo and, uh, the augmented reality, um, is getting really good. I mean, uh, I don't know um, when they will actually announce this, but the uh, the augmented reality on the phones uh, now are using multiple cameras—the front camera, the back camera—it um, can it can run simultaneously uh, in the software, and uh, so you you get that kind of mixed reality where you could actually the and then the things that you're seeing through your phone could be projected out you know in a three-dimensional world. Uh, something like that.
0: yeah, I mean that's what that's what we do with Pokemon Go is you, you look through your phone, it looks like it's on the sidewalk or on the beach or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so it's a uh, you know a lot of the games are now are are doing that you know, where they um, they have kind of adventure games where you could do some geo finding, but then. In the process, you've got animation uh, and machine learning where it's detecting different types of objects. And uh, if it knows like you're on a golf course, maybe it'll it'll put uh, uh, virtual reality golf characters or something. Uh, running with zombies, for example, that's another good one where you're out running around and uh, you look on your phone and uh, you see the zombies chasing you. So you run faster or something like that. I've heard of that one, but that sounds like fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is It is actually really interesting. I'm surprised that they didn't uh, make it uh, kind of more adventurous uh, where, you know, there's it knows your location. So why didn't it just figure out a, a plot, get a storyline, uh, you know, it could have a strategy. So it actually requires you to do some thinking to survive the zombie attack, you know, Um Oh, like maybe there's like retu- how in like a
0: in a actual video game, like on your console or PC, like how you have to strategize to to avoid to avoid them, so you don't have to like try to fight them directly. That's a fun, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some with the uh, virtual reality and uh, kind of the augmented reality too, where you're in this room and uh, it detects it detects the the char- who's the characters are, so you have your friend or. Uh, I guess it's out of Japan and, uh, and, uh, uh, so that your friend now becomes a dragon, you become a knight and you have, uh, you know, you have a laser sword or whatever, and you can throw things at them. And, uh, and it's in the, you can see the objects coming towards you, uh, either in the virtual reality or the augmented reality, you can do it in both. And, uh, and, uh, then you can respond back to it, you know, so. It detects the, that it, if, uh, you know, like an energy ball hit you and then you lose points. And It detects if, if you, uh, you know, shoot a, a laser at them and you hit them. So you're actually in this little room and you're, you're ducking and diving and trying to, you know, uh, doing different ta- techniques to not get hit. I did
0: that something like that once. It was a uh, Microsoft HoloLens. What happened was is that it scanned the entire room and then it would have like this, this robot alien thing come out of the walls and your job was to shoot it but it would keep coming at you for out of it it mapped the walls so it would come out of, out of objects
1: yeah that sounds like a lot of fun and uh you know you uh, you could also uh, i remember in the early 90s uh taking a group of developers we were building our own uh 3d graphics engine and we're thinking about building like a 3D uh, ski slope, and we had figured out tunnels and and a lot of the geometry to build like a 3D skiing uh, uh, event. So we wanted to go down and uh, look at virtual reality. And we had, uh, there was a, this is a Salt Lake, so they they had a platform, electromagnetic platform you stood on. So it didn't even have infrared, it was just uh electromagnetic platform. Then you put on these devices, and the, based on your movement, it created uh magnetic interference waves that could be calculating uh calculated to give you a an x y z coordinate and so you you paid five dollars to sit on the platform and then you fought uh, your your buddies that were also on their platform and the The weirdest thing is uh when you you did lift when you uh, it was a kind of a mechanical robot and you were flying. Uh, It made you really feel sick Uh, because when you look down, uh, you got dizzy and stuff. And I think that was the biggest – the hardest thing with virtual reality is is, uh, you lose your – kind of lose your sense of uh, where your feet are. It's the
0: reverse of uh, car sickness. So you know like when you're a little kid and like you'd read a book or play with a toy or something in your lap. And then your body thought you were moving, but your eyes showed no movement. And so you got sick. It's the reverse of that. Yeah. Now that your, your eyes see movement, but your body feels like it's standing still, your body has kind of the same reaction to the reverse.
1: So I wonder if that, uh, I wonder if the virtual reality programmers uh, in order, see, I couldn't see my feet. And so I imagine if I had saw my feet uh, when I was looking down, then I would have like known spatially, okay, yeah, uh, uh, where I'm at. Because like when you look down, your feet actually are doing a lot of adjusting to the ground that's giving you that tactile feedback that lets you know, okay, you're on something solid, you know, you're not going to fall over. Uh, Whereas if you look down in a virtual reality and you don't see your feet, uh, you know, you do, you do a face plant down. I I, I noticed that some people like when they look in virtual reality and, and they're looking like at a car, a virtual reality car, and uh, they're looking down at the car. They'll actually fall forward sometimes.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the trouble is that really the only thing you see is your hands. That's usually it because that's the only thing the uh, the sensors see is your headset and the two controllers. And in, so in that case, since you can't see your own head, your hands are it. And it's It takes some getting used to. I actually played a game called Eve Valkyrie that didn't have any controls except for an xbox controller and so i what they did was they had your body in there but you couldn't move the body around you could move the spaceship but you could you could see your lap your legs and it worked better if you were sitting down but you couldn't actually move your feet or anything but it did help a little bit but when you're actually having to like walk around physically and not like move around in the spaceship they haven't really worked that one out yet just because there's something yeah. on your feet to show the sensors that you're moving your feet.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting problem. I, I uh, saw where they used the virtual reality for older people in small areas to get exercise. And uh, what it did is they, the designer figured out a way to slightly create curvature in the imaging. So as you're walking along a trail, you're thinking that you're walking a straight line, but you're actually walking in a circle. So you can basically just keep walking inside of a square box almost indefinitely as it is uh, navigating you because you're, you're actually walking just a little bit to the left. And, uh, and so it, it gives you that distortion. But I think what you're talking about is like, if you were trying to move inside of a spaceship in virtual reality, um, would you have to be on a platform then as you walk, do you, do you hold onto the railing and it moves or does the, the ground underneath you detect where you are? Well, that's exactly. And then as you lift your feet, it's kind of learning from what, how you it doesn't know.
0: And that's kind of the thing. Like it doesn't know it it, it, all that knows is where your headset is. And in, in that, in that one game, that was it. It had no idea where your, uh, where your legs your arms it only knew where your head was and in most games nowadays even with the touch controllers or the vibe controllers or the vibe knuckles they know where your hands are but they don't even know like how your um, like your uh, elbows or arms are positioned they just know where your hands are in that point in their rotation
1: and so do you think uh, do you think in the uh, near future that you know when you've got drones now that can basically hover around and uh, you have a combination of machine learning which can put a skeleton on your your body Uh, so as you're moving uh, it could be transmitting to the server or whatever device that's creating the virtual reality uh, your coordinate system so then now you've got this coordination between the vr world and the real world that would
0: take an enormous so we- amount of processing power. I mean, my computer runs hot, just scanning my headset and the controllers with the sensors right now. I have an Oculus Rift, and so okay. it, it runs my video card, not super hot, but enough that it, it heats it up a fair amount. If, you, if the sensors were programmed to scan an entire body, that would take a lot of processing power. It's feasible. But you'd have to have a lot of sensors and a more powerful computer. So I don't know if the, when, with what generation of CPUs and video cards is gonna be able to handle that, but there's no reason it can't be done. It just takes time. It's kind of like back in the 90s when I first heard about virtual reality, I thought, oh, this is super awesome. And then we never heard about it again. And I found out later was that because they just couldn't, they didn't have the processing power exactly the processing power to handle a headset in the hand controllers but uh for a full body that might be let's see 90s that took about 30 some, uh, about 25 to 30 years so it could be another uh, generation of human beings before we do the full body scan
1: well i you know i wrote uh, my own 2d engine and uh, 3d engine And uh, that was the big problem we were having. We were writing it in C, which is really close to the machine anyway. And then the group of developers uh, wanted to get more efficient, so they wrote it in assembly, got some big jumps in performance, but the complexity levels for assembly were phenomenal. You know, you're working really close to the machine, really close to the hardware. uh, And we had to actually abandon that approach and moved to a, uh, more of a commercial package like OpenGL and later on uh, Direct3D. Uh, direct and uh, I hear you're working on uh, Unity. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about yeah. uh, some of your work there? Unity
0: is a great game engine for VR. There's two main game engines for VR right now that I'm aware of. And that one's Unreal and one's Unity. And I chose Unity because it has more of a large indie community. So, I felt Unity was the right choice for me. And so, uh, I, what I did when I first got introduced to VR was I spent about a year saving up for a computer that could run VR and another half a year saving up for the headset and controls. And uh, after that, I had spent part of that time when I was saving up for them learning how to use Unity so that I'd be ready to program for it when I finally bought the materials I needed.
1: What were some of your first projects that you did in Unity? So,
0: my very first project, oh, let's see, what did I do at the very beginning? I think I attached, and this is extremely, this is the Hello World version of VR.
1: Okay. I
0: I basically, I attached uh, rectangular blocks, cubes, uh, to my controllers, and then moved my hands around nice. and watched the blocks move around, and that was my very first thing I ever did with VR. And I know it doesn't sound impressive, but it was pretty cool to me at the moment. Oh yeah,
1: that's those sort of the, those are great moments. You know, uh, I, I remember teaching a. OpenGL at Weber State University, and uh, that was one of the things we did is the robot hand. So we did the local coordinate systems, and then we, you know, through controls, we didn't have uh, gloves. We had just controls and stuff. We had silicon graphic machines and stuff, and uh, we get that robot hand to wave to you and open and close, and that was a big aha moment to for students. I mean, that was a beginner you know, we, we built full games and stuff in 3D, but uh, that's, that's not to be a downplay, you know. That's, that's an awesome achievement that you got. Uh, where'd you go from there?
0: Uh, from there, um, what I did was I, well, what happened is that the Oculus integration app, uh, not app, the asset. UDB has a great asset store, and Oculus integration is a free download for that to so help you develop an Oculus And so I downloaded their sample programs because they have a bunch of scenes in there and I started playing around with those. So I didn't, I I realized I shouldn't start from scratch. I I should take what's already made and then modify it to learn how it works. And so I took those and I started playing around with the scenes. And then from there, let's see, what did I do next? I started playing around with more unity assets. So, I, I learned from from Unity in the very beginning that if someone's already made it, don't remake it. <laughs> and so, um, nice. It, it's it's cheaper to spend uh, five bucks on something that would take you a week to make. <laughs> so, uh,
1: I. Um, well, that's, that's a good market for the people who are building uh, plug-in components that other people can use. I mean, they they do the, to spend the time to figure out the math. They figure out the API calls that, uh, you know, spend the hours sitting there, figuring all that out. And then just like a reusable component, you you buy it and you plug it in and use it.
0: Yeah, actually that is a good point on, yeah. So uh, that's actually what I started start thinking about getting into myself. And so uh, later on, what I found out was with all the movements, the common movement in DR is teleportation because it makes people the least disoriented. So uh, at this point, my stomach's pretty strong. I've gotten so used to this, I can move around uh, like a regular person in there without teleporting. But um, what I figured out was I, I liked it when I could actually move without teleportation. And so instead of having to use the analog sticks on my Oculus controllers, I thought I could use what I call the magnet method. Are you getting static?
1: Maybe? Yeah. You, oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you are breaking up there for a second. Go ahead and repeat that.
0: Okay, so what I was saying is that I, uh, I decided was there might be a better way of moving where your headset actually functions controllers, so instead of having to stare and gaze in a direction and move there or teleport or teleport, I could just have my controllers pull my headset along, and then I could uh, make that into an asset as an alternative form of movement. There's like more than just moving in VR because I'm pretty creative. But so I'd what like would, the, yeah. what did that
1: effect have? What was the end result of that effect where it was they had uh, the headset was falling the controller
0: well what i found out and this is what i was working on uh, most recently is that your head your head your arms don't come out out the sides of your head <laughs> they come out of your yeah. head. <laughs> and so okay. what is, is that when you have your your hand straight out to your right to your left your headset starts going downwards your your hands are outside of your head. Your hands are a little bit to the right and, and left. So I'm, I'm going straight right. I was going right right down. So uh, what I'm trying to do now, well, at least I was until I got a contract right now. Uh, what I was trying to figure out was a way for the controllers to pull from the center of your chest, which is okay. Your arms yeah. So instead of trying to pull your head, so I was trying to figure out was a way to actually instead of pulling the camera rig, which is what controls your headset, I was trying to figure out a way to make a game object that would attach to that that, would pull that instead of the headset. And that was, I was trying to figure out a way to use a child, traditionally in Unity, a, a child object follows a parent object, I was trying to make a child object well, another child object, that a object and so that's much more difficult
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that, that makes more sense that you would orientate from the from your controller at the center uh, and then the, your arms then would appear in front of you instead of from the side of your head um,
0: exactly and so that way when you actually put your arm like to, like straight out to the right or your left hand straight out to your left it would actually go right or left not Right or left, and then down a little bit. And um, I was working on that uh, this project for a while, and then I started up a sim design con- uh, job for a while, so I'm
1: to full for the moment. So you know, uh, the next question I had is: uh, those are all great, you know, but uh, where are you where do you get your money? Uh, where you where do you think you can uh, get something where you can continue to build VR cool VR things? because someone's paying you?
0: Uh, actually, I am already kind of doing that. So, I'm doing. I'm working as a sim designer using Unity for a company called... Um, I'm not sure if they would be okay with me talking about it. I'm doing it for another company, and what's happening is I'm using their software to develop simulations for teaching how to fix things like uh, light switches or how to fix a heat pump. So, what they're doing is not games. They're Creating training simulations. I'm helping work uh, in designing those uh, scenes, okay. and so that money will help me with my own endeavors. And so, when I would before that, I was just saving up my own money for my own part-time job, oh, and nice. and then uh, now I'm trying. I'm hoping to use this money eventually to get better equipment, and uh, I want to the eventually, and uh, another. More powerful uh, computer but the thing here is that I'm hoping to create a cycle where I Now that I work like it took me a year and a half to get for the first round of equipment but I want to do is use my current skill set to make more money with this and then get the next generation of equipment
1: so if you had the equipment would you uh, what type of uh, projects would you take would you do something like uh, virtual reality museums Virtual reality tours of locations. Uh, What kind of things could you use with the Oculus and, uh, you know, like uh, virtual reality hands that you could see the hands and you could do, you know, just different, like maybe even tie it to some machine learning gestures, like, uh, you know, a recurring neural net, for example, where it takes some gesture you make in virtual reality, maps it to English, and then you pick up that English and do some action with it for example like uh you know like if you're in a in Thai, thailand for example you want to you uh, offer a trip so you fly over to thailand you take all the video that you you can come back uh convert it into vr and now you know you can have a, a virtual out you know first old people want to go to thailand who never have been there uh
0: oh, that, that, that's been done well that with thailand as far as i know but that's been done um with um what what was it called? Uh have you ever played the lab from uh from Valve on on the Steam Store?
1: No. But go ahead, they, tell me about it.
0: They uh took uh images of like the, the surrounding areas, like they, the first one they had was actually just uh, a mountaintop. top that, that's near where Valve headquarters is. And you can teleport different areas on the top and throw sticks around that would Oh and then there was the one go, I mean, think it was Italy, and then there was another one like you know, K, and they had different areas for you to go to. But yeah, uh, that that now we can take 360 of it and, and then put it into a, a Unity scene. Then you can just create teleport points, and then maybe put some beam objects in there, and you can interact. The object in that uh, environment.
1: So the cost, to, basically the cost to build the virtuality world is fairly simple and uh, it is all, all capable inside your Unity environment. What about things that are, like you were talking about, uh, things that are more difficult to do that we do very easily in the real world that are hard to, to do in the virtual world?
0: Walking. So, uh, so uh, um, walking is something that I once saw this thing called an omni treadmill, but that's pretty expensive. But uh, the movement is the most difficult thing I believe right now, just because right now we're, we're still teleporting around. We're still trying to have to look where we want to go and then pressing a button to move there. And that, that's not natural. We don't want – you don't, don't teleport in real life, and I can, I can move to my side. Left or, back or, back or a more going. and so making that more realistic is difficult. And uh, the, the hand gestures isn't too bad. I've actually, like, uh, with the new Five Knuckles and like with the Oculus uh, Touch controllers, they've gotten it to the point where you can like make you can point your finger, make a fist, things like that. But uh, so hand gestures they're getting much better at, but movement actually. Is what was, in my
1: opinion, yeah. is really difficult because you want to, you want to be natural. You know, uh, I was at uh, Las Vegas and uh, I got into a. You know, I spent about twenty dollars. You know, everything is now multiples of five, uh, so four times more than my my original virtual reality experience. Uh, and I got inside this steel steel cage, um, and I, again we we're fighting some sort of zombie or something, and. Uh, So what you were supposed to do is you're supposed to walk in the cage uh, and then you could walk forward, backwards, uh, you know, move side to side. And and the the dome, uh, it it didn't have machine learning on it. So it was detecting, I guess, some sort of pressure differential and then it would roll the rollers. But when you stopped, it didn't stop the roller. And so you were constantly falling over and stumbling. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was the worst experience. I thought I was going to die when I was in there. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was on my back and I was rolling around and I was trying to stand up, you know, that what I did get standing. Uh, so the, the, the whole idea would be to just keep, uh, uh, in motion, I guess, on a linear motion, but I, I did think about uh, a way to solve the rolling problem, uh, walking problem, and um, they're doing this with small, small balls on conveyor belts, where the machine is uh, will take a box and it'll move it left or right or forward or backwards, and the computer, all it does is it moves the ball. So, if you had machine learning where it's figuring out, again, it would take a lot of computational cycles, but it could be done. Uh, It it has your skeleton, and then as you're moving, it's projecting that skeletal movement onto the balls, and then the balls are rotating underneath your feet. Now you're going to have natural motion. So, instead of you, the the ball just
0: knows what you're doing.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, so you have actually, to have
1: that level of coordination.
0: Like, you know you know how a 3D image, a mesh, has a rig in it? follows the humanoid movement with all like the moving parts. Yes. And, and so, I mean, if you could, if you're possible, like take some sensors, pass out your body, and then just create a rig, right? Basically, that, that could work. It's just like it could, the only the only real limit right now is processing power is that your is that it would have to map the rig to your movements very quickly because now it's scanning your entire body, not just three objects.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's where the um, AI comes in really good. Is uh, you know it could feed one image into the other, and instead of having to do the complex uh, infrared detection calculations and stuff. It's just using uh, the neural net. The neural net is placing a skeleton on you. And so it, it's able to do it fast enough. So you'd you'd have to have access to the uh, GPU, uh, which would probably be like the NVIDIA and you'd probably have to have a tower, you know. But uh, if you had those things in place, then uh, the neural net could track your movement uh, very accurately. And I, that's one of the things I was thinking that, uh, Uh, Unity is eventually going to do is they'll integrate that AI component to it because you're going to want To have that inverse kinematic uh, effect
0: Yeah, I mean unity that's one thing unity is very good at is integrating new technologies into their their engine is a I mean they're doing it now for uh, what was it called? Um, It was a it was something to do with augmented reality. You would uh, take an image and look at it uh, through your phone, and then it would show an image based on the pattern on that on that it saw, that they're finally integrating that in now, and they're finally getting Android into Unity as well. We don't have to download Gradle anymore. <laughs> Which, <you know. laughs> so uh, have you programmed an Android before?
1: Yes, I have. Yeah.
0: It's okay, a, it's a you, you know the pain I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So uh but yeah, Unity is great at integrating new technologies. I think that's why they're so quick to take up VR was because they they will if it's not popular enough, they will absorb it, which is very useful for what we do. So,
1: well, I think yeah, uh, you know, our time's about up, but I I think you're uh, a brilliant individual. just talking to you you, know, you seem like uh someone that, uh, needs to get more resources. They're, they're a type of person that needs to get a lot more resources, uh, because the ideas that you'll build are going to catch on. Uh, and you know, whether you're working for a company and building really cool things for them, or, uh, you are building it for yourself. Uh, my, my feeling is you'll probably end up building a lot more for yourself and then other bigger companies are going to come to you and say, Hey, that is really neat. Uh, We got the resources. We want you to solve these following problems for us. Uh, You know, what 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 will it take? You know, then you you get your team or you do it yourself, depending on if you can get the software. That's the key is if you get powerful enough software to build things fast enough at a low enough cost that you can build it uh, and you can get that minimal viable product. Uh,
0: yeah, so, money is a is 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 kind of a block right now because like do you know how much an uh Microsoft Hololens costs?
1: Uh, what was it? Seven thousand? It's expensive, isn't it?
0: It was that, I think it was like thirty five hundred dollars, but it's still really expensive. That that's more than I paid for my Oculus and my computer put together.
1: Well, you could and buy I'm a small like, car for that <laughs> price. Exactly, a yeah, and a decent,
0: nicely used, not too used car for that kind of price, and so. But those prices will go down. Um, I mean, now you can buy a an Oculus Quest, I think, for like four hundred bucks. So you can, the the video cards you need to run VR are now much cheaper now that the new generations of NVIDIA and AMD cards are out, and so it will get better. But the thing is, is that you always want the next thing. And so you know, it always requires more money to get the next thing
1: because they keep coming out the Yeah. Well, and I, think, I guess that's where um, the augmented reality with your handheld device, you know, using the, just the limitations of computational power there and uh, combining, you know, 3D worlds and, and 2D uh, are such a cost savings. You know, if you could almost get good enough and then you get people using it then you use the virtual reality for your high-end clients, you know, uh, maybe like for military simulation, part simulation, uh, science simulation, things like that where they've got uh, deeper pockets or they want higher quality, but you know, maybe use the augmented reality for the cheaper stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's that's why it's a good idea to start making like things for like the Unity asset store is because that's a good way to gain traction and show that you know what you're doing if people use your assets, they get to know what kind of work you can produce.
1: Where can people find uh, just the, some of the projects that you've done? Do you have a GitHub? Uh, do you have a website? I what do not. Know? Everything right now I
0: have is on my own computer. Like I said, I, I I'm I'm fairly new to this, so I'm not well established. But I I I just start working as a I started working as a sim designer, like I said, and so at the moment, I put everything else on hold. But my hope is that when this contract ends, is that I'll be able to get back and get an asset on the Unity uh, store for the my, my very first asset, basically.
1: Nice. Well, I predict you'll you'll go a long ways because uh, you've got good vision. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it's is not just technical. Technical is only 5% of your problem another 95% is having the vision and uh, and the drive to create it and then pulling your resources to make it happen. Well, Matthew, oh, yeah. thanks a lot. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and, your- now, go ahead and share your, your last thoughts. Oh, I was just going to say, Yeah, I
0: mean, like, it does take some dedication because, I mean, I spent months learning how to do new things I had never done before because I hadn't worked with game engines before. I hadn't worked with three dimensional, uh, humanoid meshes before. And so it takes time to learn that stuff. And so you, it it has to be kind of more than a hobby because otherwise you'll burn out of it pretty quick. You have to feel passionate about it.
1: Yeah. That's what I sense when I talk to you, uh, you got kind of the inventor mindset and, uh, that's hard to find in people. A lot of people just want to go to work and, uh, you know, there's no, no, nothing wrong with going to work. We got to make a paycheck and we got to earn our money to take care of our families. But the inventor mindset, uh, you know, you're, you're working, you're figuring things out. Uh, you realize that you know, there is really easy answers. There a lot of the answers require lots of, uh, a lot of sacrifice to get those uh, solutions, you know? it we take some sacrifice, but it's worth it at the end. You bet. Well, good luck, and uh, thanks for coming on the show.
0: All right. Well, thank you, David. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Bye.